Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and TheTicketFM.com. That's right, we're On the Block. First hour with you till 4 o'clock Central here on the stream with the Royals on radio. Continuing to talk NBA. And, guys, if you're not listening to The Ticket, you need to be because Stricky Pulls. Their connections everywhere. That spider web gets people tangled in. They come to talk strict out of the blue. You get another NBA legend on the show. Man, listen, I, I just put out the bat signal uh, for my boys, man, and my boys show up, and he's one of the best uh, to do it. Actually, I was on YouTube not too long ago, and um, they shouted out this gentleman, Rick Mahorn. Thank you for joining us once again. They shouted you out, Rick, as basically the one that sparked the uh, – the bad boys and bulls rivalry. Uh, when you when you set it off uh, on a on a uh, you went in and, and you, you really didn't do nothing. You just kind of pulled Jordan down. <laughs> you just kind of pulled him down, and then all of a sudden everybody wanted to jump in, and you was you was you throwing everybody off and back up off me, give me fifty feet. It was it was a great check segment to see. <laughs> nah, Strick, I all them days that were far. Behind me, I don't. Oh Lord, don't get me started. I start getting chills, ready to go play. <laughs> big Rick, man. Um, my man, my man is is a big Duke fan, and so um, this came out on the wire. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Who's the Duke fan? I hate Duke. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The first game I watched was them losing to VCU in the tournament. My favorite color was blue as a kid. I got sucked in. What can I say? Well, stop getting sucked in and stop drinking that blue Kool-Aid and get some real stuff. <laughs> it's tasty. I love that blue Kool-Aid. Too late. I'm already nah, gone. No, nah, you don't even drink. That's, that's, you oh. got to drink some Purple Source Rex or something like that. <laughs> anyway. Nah, but no. What, what was the question? I'm sorry. It's, it's not really about Duke. It's about a Duke player in the NBA, J.J. Redick, and he interviewed with the Toronto Raptors. Is that an interview for the head coaching job that you think they're actually interested in, or do you think that's with him and his NBA connections, just kind of an information gathering sort of interview. Well, it, it's, it's a lot of things. You like to, if you're a coach in this league and I was in there briefly, you know, you want to get as many interviews as possible. And, and if, you know, a guy coming from the TV booth going straight into coaching, that's, you know, it's kind of rare, but it's not rare now in today's NBA. How can you relate to players you know, the players are totally different than when uh, Strickland and myself were in the league where we had a lot of veterans trying to, you know, tutor us to be better professionals. Now it's like a guy could be in the league for, for – he comes in at 18 and he's 21, and all of a sudden he's a veteran over a guy that went to college for four years. So it's a, it's a different kind of rule to a degree. But I think, hey, opportunities, if you know somebody, why not? Yeah, Rick, Rick, um, there's some good coaches out there, Rick. I mean, they're very relatable, you know, that uh, especially what you just expressed. I, I, there's a couple that come to mind that have, you know, went through and spent time in the G and 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 have been coaches and had some success and, and are on the grind there doing wonderful things. Uh, one in Atlanta and uh, I think one in Milwaukee. Uh, I think Sam Cassell is up there and I, I, I think about him and I think, Man, Sam would be a tremendous. He was a great floor leader. He would be a tremendous one, uh, you know, to get a get a hire to be up next. And then Nick is another one, man. Just one of those guys that just know how to relate to the players of the day. And and I just it just you know sad that they don't get, you know, the opportunities I'm seeing to to be able to jump in the mix. Well, you know, uh, I look at guys like like Mark Jackson. 
Yeah. Look, if, you, if you're really talking guys that, that have uh, a pedigree about it, Mark Jackson, I know Sam Cassell and, you know, the old school guys, do they get a fair shake? I don't, you know, I really don't know. Because in this league, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm. And, and the fact that, you know, or how much butt you can kiss to get somewhere. I mean, Derek, not saying Derek Fisher wasn't a good coach. Even Jason Kidd, how many opportunities? As a guy, that, is he successful or is he just a guy that said, okay, I just want to hire Jason Kidd or, you know, to that, to that level. But to me, it's about not what you know, it's who you know. Because I've seen coaches in this league, and I'm not hating on none of them. A job is a job, but it's like, okay, how how long do you have to have you know pay your dues in order to get an opportunity? And that's like you said. I look at like Darvin Ham. I look at like Chauncey Billups. See, you know, guys that played this game before, all of a sudden, can they relate? That's a, it's all about relate relationships with 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 players. With, with people in the front office or ownership, I have no clue. I, if I did, I'd had a, the crystal ball, the magic ball, and I'd probably still be in there coaching. Rick, Rick one, let me ask you this question. Um, this is something I kind of um, spoke with Kenny Anderson about. And uh, we were talking, and, and I also had a brief conversation with Mike James. And, and Mike thinks Toronto would be a good look for him. and um, But then Kenny's... Kenny took a different perspective, and this is the angle I want to approach it at. Um, Kenny, Kenny feels that he enjoys – he doesn't even want a shot at the NBA. He's, he says, I enjoy the collegiate level because, in essence, he feels he can make a difference. Um, do you think sometimes that's where people's mindsets lay? Because when you're in the NBA, um, like Boonhoser just got, got, got handed – you know, his, mm -hmm. his, uh, walking papers. Right. And in normal yeah. circumstances, Rick, you would, you would never believe that after he gave you a championship just a few years before that, that would be the, the, the case. But I think that happens in the NBA more than you think, because it's not really about what you also can do and what you have done. It's about what you met Janet Jackson have done for me lately. So what is that, 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 uh, if you were coaching, would you see yourself more, in the collegiate ranks or do you think being the CEO or the, the manager of egos is the best way, way for you to take as far as being a coach? I, I, you know, Strick, I take it from the late, great Chuck Daly. Chuck Daly is always, his whole thing was what day will I get fired? Mm. That's it. And the fact that, you know, when you, you named a few, I mean, you, coaches like Budenholzer has been a while. He's a lot, kind of a lifer guys like Alvin Gentry, they're kind of lifers in this league. But when you look at it in, in the full thing, Eric Spolster is, you know, great coach. Popovich, you know, he has a tenure in this league to be there for a long time. Rick Carlisle. Is, and, and Rick Carlisle won a championship in Dallas. So you're looking at this strict going like, okay, what have you done for me lately? Now you have the agents who were representing coaches become, mm. you know, general, not general managers. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. presidents, of, presidents of different teams. And mm -hmm. so now they're working their way in the angle to say, okay, I can, you know, I got my guys and you know, it's all about coaching. Yeah. You know, they look at you, I got my guy. And then the collegiate level, don't get me wrong. It's about, you know, you look at Deion Sanders, for example, he went to a, went to a historically black college. They performed well. Now that's an opportunity. He's not going to, 
a lot of times these guys ain't going to get the greatest jobs who, you know, can inherit something like Steve Kerr did with the Golden State Warriors. But it's about opportunities to say, okay, what was said about me, you know, before, what, you know, because it's all about word of mouth in this league. It's not too many jobs in this league, but it's also crabs in a barrel. Right, right. That's well said. Go ahead. How much of coaching in the NBA, this one for, for both of you, how much of coaching in the NBA is the, the 82 to 96 games that you have in a season, you know, regular season and playoffs on the court, X's knows, and how much of it is off the court, managing relationships, talking with front office, media, that sort of breakdown? Percentage yeah. wise. Mm. Well, see, you know, when you look at this and, you know, I've been involved with this league for a long time, it's, how do you can how can you bring guys together? How can you bring your team together? I mean, it's some coaches out there, you know, you you know, y'all both talking about. It. I look at like Bill Lambeer. You know, Bill Lambeer went in the WNBA and and he was successful. Well, Becky Hammonds in the, was in the NBA, now she's in the WNBA. If you could coach, you could coach. It's building relationships, understanding how do you these these the egos that these young young people have. How can you massage it? How could you make it better for you? Because when I look at like the Miami Heat the other night, you know, they lost the game to the Knicks. But I look at them saying, wow, look at the, these guys play as a team. Look how, you know, they're not looking to, you know, make a mistake. They're looking to execute and go down the line. Then you got a lot of teams that have been in there like Memphis. And you go like, how can you control Memphis if you got guys out there with their own agendas? It's about putting guys and you know what? Sometimes you're not going to agree with the front office. You're, you know, as a coach, you're right there in the middle. You're between the players and the coaches. And a lot of times, uh, players kind of dictate what kind of coach they want. What well, one, uh, one, one, one few, few things. I knew you took a stop, man. That, hey, listen, you know, your boy Strick always appreciates when you come through. I know you stopped on the side of the road to make it happen. So I appreciate yep. that. But check this out, man. Um, are the, are the Celtics in trouble? You know what? I look at the Celtics and I, you know, some, for some reason, I, the barometer on them is like, okay, how bad do you want it? But you're relying on individual play and not, not team play. Love it. To me, team play is important. If somebody's got the hot hand, give it to them. If, and then if you don't, and then that's when the coach has got to be kind of responsible for, like timeouts. I mean, Missoula, this is his first stint being mm -hmm. a head coach. He didn't do it like, you know, Steve Kerr right now, but it ain't over till it's over. But the fact of the matter is you got to come with a nasty attitude saying, I don't like nobody and I ain't got time to play with you and be on attack mode. Cause you're not going to get every call that you got during a regular season. Playoffs is a different animal and you're playing this team seven times. And it ain't like you're going to play, Dallas one day and going to play Minnesota the next. Facts. No, this is man to man, same team, same people, and that's the same show. Facts. Two, uh, two, two quick, just quick rundowns. Um, does Durant cement a new legacy by making this uh, comeback, or is Yoke is just a little too much? Say that again. I didn't get that. Does Does Durant cement uh, a, his legacy by making? Helping to make this comeback for the Suns, or is Jokic a little you. too much? I got you. So his his Jokic is too much right now. They don't have any kind of big man that can match it. Do you remember a couple of years ago 
when L.A. had Anthony Davis, JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They had a plethora, plethora of big guys that they could throw at them. So now you got one strong guy. You got an athletic guy. And um, you got an athletic guy in McGee. You got – and then you could go with finesse with Anthony Davis. It's a, it's a matchup nightmare. And if Aiden is not giving you what, what you need, it ain't like Bismack Biombo going to give it to you. They Facts. don't have versatility at a big. Facts. And well said. With, with, with Joker, he's he's an anomaly. He's a guy that can put the he, – he initiates the offense. He can, you know, you know, he gets you with the old slow old old man moves. Right. You know, and that you go like, oh man, he gonna get me with that old. I'm gonna get ready to shoot the three, but then as soon as you think I'm, I'm going, I'm exposed. So when I look at them, Durant's legacy is already cemented. Yeah. You know what else can he do? Bring another team to the finals, or you know, he brought Oklahoma OKC there. He's been there with the Golden State Warriors. He's just trying to find another team like LeBron. To bring him to the finals. Right. So I think his, his legacy is there. It's already cemented. But it's just the fact that they don't have any firepower. They got rid of most of their bench Facts. when they made that trade. Facts. Facts. Last one. Uh, Lakers close out the Warriors. You know what? I do think they will. And and here's my reasoning. You know, you, you, you're going to go up there and give it your best shot. You know, it's the hardest game is the closeout game. But the Lakers know they got you know, they have two more chances. You know, if they lose in, 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 in down in L.A., they can still go up there and win. And LeBron's been in that situation before. Not all the guys, Anthony Davis hasn't been in that because they, when they won a championship, they didn't have to travel. But here, you know, you look at every other game Anthony Davis has played, and also it's his health. Um, though every other game that he's played, he's been, like, outstanding. So that's the Anthony Davis you, you're probably going to get tomorrow, uh, yeah, tomorrow night, and, and see what he does as he as he wants to win another championship and make sure that everybody said that bubble championship didn't mean much. They, yeah. They, now, now he'll cement his his legacy by doing that. Right. Right. Well said. Thanks, Rick. Man, I appreciate you joining us on the block. Man, taking time out of your busy schedule as you're moving uh, up in the Michigan streets. We appreciate your time and always welcome you back, my boy. Oh, you know, you're my man, Strick, and that, that bum Duke guy you got with you, on that, that Dookie. <laughs> Smells like Dookie. <laughs> man, is that bad? I showered deodorant everything today. Hey, you ain't got no, You better start using some Lumi deodorant or something. Still I'll take it under advisement. <laughs> oh, Rick Mahorn, there he is. Rick Mahorn joining us on the block today. Uh, we'll hopefully have him back before the playoffs are over again. It's always good because he's hilarious to have him. But we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. 93.7 Ticket to TicketFM.com. We're on the block. Be right back.